this week, um, and really specifically last night, I was just before the Lord, because one of the things I never want to do is get up in front of you and pretend. I just don't have any interest in that. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, I would say that it, it's easy to fall into a trap as a minister. This will be somewhere in the neighborhood of the 300th time I've preached in the last, you know, five or six years. And so it does, you know, um, and without preaching the same thing again and again, although we all kind of tend to do that, um, after a while, it can become almost taxing. Okay, what am I going to say now? But that, I've determined within my heart years ago that I would only speak when I hear the Father speak to me. I wasn't just going to try to have something to say for the sake. I literally have gotten up before and said, I've got nothing to say. Do you guys remember that at the old building? It was funny. Half the people were like, oh, and the rest of them were like, lunch is early. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's what I think they thought. But, um, but no, I've heard from the Lord this week, and today I want to talk to you um, that you are... When I say you, I'm talking about you collectively, and I'm talking about you individually. Everybody that's in here that can hear me, you have been, you are chosen for greatness. Chosen for greatness. Ch Bishop Charles Johnson, who took me around the world, would get up in front of our church and say, everybody is somebody in the body. And there's no such thing as the real important people and the little minuscule non-important people. In the body of Christ, everyone is equally as important as the next. Jesus would even look at his disciples one day and say, look, boys, whichever of you would want to sit at the head of the table, whichever one of you would want to be first, be last. Bill Johnson says it this way, let us rule with the heart of a servant and serve with the heart of a king. You're chosen for greatness. You, right now, you may not have talked to God in four years, you're chosen for greatness. You may not have so much as whispered it. You might even have walked in this building because somebody co coerced you into coming and you're mad at God because something has not worked out the way you are chosen for greatness. And you've been kept until this time, a very important time. As a matter of fact, I would say the most important time that we've ever lived or breathed, you're living here. And God kept you for this time. You're chosen for greatness. You're here for purpose, on purpose. Amen. And probably most of you didn't know it. 1 Samuel, let's read from the Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to read from the New American Standard. 1 Samuel chapter 16. We got it up there? Somebody just bless God for Isaiah. Look at this guy. I need to say this. Isaiah, he's up there. He stays up there. This is our audio video guy. He never gets credit. He gets all the blame, and he deserves it. No, he's good. He never gets good. That guy, last week I took a picture of him crawling back there. This week he's under the stage with Isaac, crawling all over the place. We have both screens working. We've got these new subs working. I think, I think we need to give honor to whom honor's due. He's not ever seen, but we sound good and we look good because of Tony and Isaiah Sanchez. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And kind of Isaac, but he's just whatever. Kind of Isaac, huh? Tony's high. Oh, that's right. Tony's up here. She has to be up here because the cabling doesn't work well there, so she's sitting right there behind that lighting truss, hiding. 1 Samuel 16, now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected, or the King James says, chosen a king for myself among his sons. But Samuel said, how can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. Take this down just to hear Isaiah. 
And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice unto the Lord. No, not your wife. Are you the one that laughed, Abby? <laughs> I'm not recovering now. It's gone. It's just gone. <laughs> I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. You shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you shall do. And you will anoint for me the one whom I designate to you or the one that I show to you is the actual rendering. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? And he said, In peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. I just want to say as a, as a side note that anytime there's going to be a release of anointing, there will always be sacrifice. Consecrate yourselves now and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Now this is a prophet, Samuel, of whom the Bible says everything that he ever spoke, God backed it up. For 40 years, not one thing that came out of Samuel's mouth fell to the ground. If he said it, God did it. And so this seasoned voice of God in the earth, the primary prophet in the earth at the time, walks up and sees a man and assumes this is the one upon whom the anointing would come. I just want to take a pause here and say, even though you may not have been chosen or pointed out by certain preachers, even preachers and prophets can miss it, but everybody under the sound of my voice is a part of a new company of sons, and you are chosen for greatness. Well, I've never been prophesied to. That's okay. Sometimes prophets miss it. But God's going to make it clear you're chosen for greatness. And he stands before Eliab and says, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God is looking for some heart people. He's looking for heart people. He doesn't care what you look like. He cares what you are like. I had this habit of preaching longer when you don't respond well. <laughs> Judy's ready for some Logan's rolls. Okay. Shh. No. I have rejected him, for God sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, the Lord hasn't chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shama pass by. Shama, Shama. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus, Jesse made seven, which stands for completion, of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, or I should say, but Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? Are these all the sons that you have? And Jesse said, well, there remains yet the youngest. And behold, he's tending the sheep. 
Then Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes. You thought you had it bad singing six songs this morning. <laughs> He's going to make him go all the way out to the field and get David. And bring David back in. He says, we're not going to sit down until he's back. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. I think that's awesome how that's brought out considering the Lord just said he doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. It's not necessarily mean that good looking people can't carry the anointing too. It just doesn't matter what you look like. And the Lord said, arise and anoint him. For this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now, I'm going to read from St. John chapter 4. St. John chapter 4, verse 23. But an hour is coming and now is. Say with me, and now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. I want to tie these things together. This is Jesus talking to a woman at the well. These are his words. The Father seeks people to worship him in spirit and truth. The Father is on a hunt, and what he's looking for is worshipers. It's not different than what he was looking for in the Old Testament. He was not looking for mighty warriors. He was not looking for good preachers. He was not looking for men of great stature. He was looking for worshipers, those that would totally abandon everything else totally to his worship David did not lead worship in a church he led worship with his harp out with a bunch of stinking sheep because he didn't care what people thought about him he was not performing he was being a worshiper and Jesus picks up in the New Testament and says the father is seeking those that will worship him all that he really wants is not worship but worshipers the Lord does not want your worship. He wants your heart. And when he has your heart, we give him worship. He's not narcissistic that way. He doesn't like go into a bad mood if he doesn't get your worship. He loves you so much that he wants you and your natural response to seeing what he's given you and your identity in him is I worship. Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 6. How blessed is God and what a blessing he is. Well, I'd say so. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundation, he had us in mind. Somebody say with me, long before he created everything. I know you don't like repeating after me, but do it anyways. Long before he created anything, I was in his mind. That's powerful stuff, my God. He had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Tony, I'm sorry, this is the Passion Translation, Ephesians 1. To be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he, did, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And what pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Amen. So the Lord then was looking for a worshiper to anoint to become king. 
In the New Testament, Jesus talks to a one at the well and says the Father is looking for worshipers, those that would worship Him in spirit and in truth. And Ephesians, Paul picks it up and says, even before you were a thought on your mama or your daddy's brain, you already existed in the heart and the mind of God the Creator. You were already there with Him before the beginning. You were chosen for greatness. You were not here by accident. You're here for purpose and on purpose. And if your mama didn't plan you and your daddy didn't want you, you still are here on purpose and for a purpose. And that purpose is to become a worshiper. And as we become worshipers, we become anointed king priest in the earth. Now, let me read my notes. I get some water. My dad would say, do I look embarrassed, church? The Heavenly Father has long awaited a people. Listen to me. I want, I, want you, I, want to, I want to say this to you before I read what I write. When I'm speaking to you this morning, is more prophetic than pastoral, but you need to listen. You need to hear this because it's speaking over all of you. It comes from a pastor's heart because I care about you, but it is a prophetic declaration that if you receive into your heart, I promise you, it will produce a harvest. Listen to me. The heavenly Father has long awaited a people, not a person, a people upon which he could put his signet ring. A signet ring. You know what a signet ring is. It's a ring of a king. And in the, in the ring would be a signet, which means a stamp, a way that he would stamp and show, oh, this truly did come from the king. The Lord is looking to put his signet ring upon a company of people. And upon, whom, upon whom's, whose heads the glory of the Lord will rest. It's no longer okay to be satisfied with the status quo religious assembly. But it's time to recognize the moment in which we live. Just as Samuel went to anoint a new king, he would not be looking at stature and neither is God. The father doesn't care if you're a person of stature in the community. He doesn't care if you're a person of stature at school. He doesn't care if you're on the starting squad or on the fifth string. He doesn't care if people know your name or nobody knows your name. He doesn't care what anybody thinks about you. The only thoughts that he has about you are the same thoughts he had when he decided to bring you into this existence. And that is, I've chosen this one for greatness. God. The Father doesn't care if you're a person of stature in the community and he is finished with appearances. Even Samuel thought, surely this is the one. But the Lord answered, as he does today, I'm looking for a man, a woman, a company, a company of people who are after my own heart. He had told Samuel, remember Samuel, you remember the story. So Samuel raises Saul almost like a son. The people of Israel clamored for a king. They never had a king. They were always led by prophets. But they wanted to be like other nations. And they clamored and begged God for a king. So God said, okay, I'm going to give him a king. So he gave him Saul. And he told Samuel, go anoint Saul as the first king over Israel. And Samuel did. And, and Samuel would go before the Lord and hear the word of the Lord and give it to Saul. And Saul would act upon the words that he heard from the prophet. And it was this way for many, many, many years indeed. Forty years that Saul would reign. Forty years that Saul would reign. And so when the Lord says, I mean, I mean I, I've spent, let's just say, with, with William, and I've not taught him guitar, but I've, I've tried to help bring him along and show him some things, or Jacob, or uh, Jakin, and, and Bradley. I've spent my time, I've got sweat equity in the fact that they're on this stage. I've put my time and effort trying to train them to understand not just music, but worship dynamics. 
And so if the Lord were to say to me this morning, he won't, because it's, but he were to say, I've rejected William from playing guitar, I can guarantee you we'd have an issue. Big time. <laughs> Marie said preach. It wasn't just like there's, there's this prophet way over here, removed from the king that's over here. This was like a son to Samuel. And the Lord speaks to him and says, I've rejected him from ruling over Israel. How long do you want to cry about what I'm not in anymore? How long are you going to weep? This is not God. He's talking to the prophet whose words have never fallen to the ground, who would like to do anything. He probably prayed, Lord, don't do this. Please don't do this. Let me talk to him. Let me reason with him. And the Lord says, let what's dead be dead. I've rejected him. I don't care about Saul, the Bible says, stood head and shoulders above everyone else. I don't care about head and shoulders Christianity anymore. What I'm looking for is some heart people. Saul was head and shoulders above everybody, which speaks of Saul did things from his mind, but the Lord doesn't care about people who are smarter. He cares about people who have a heart to worship. He says, because I have chosen for me a son. I have chosen for me a man, a man who's after my own heart. God still chooses those who are after his heart. And it, you may not look like a king. David did not have a clue and had absolutely no way to know that he was going to stand before his eight or seven older brothers and have this old prophet with his white hoary beard flowing in the wind and pull out that horn of oil and dump it on his head until it went all the way down his body and say, you're going to be the next king of Israel. Indeed, you are now anointed king. This little teenage boy. David was chosen for greatness. And David would make the blunder of all blunders. He'd see a woman taking a bath. You know the story. Who was married. Conspired to have her husband who, worked, who was in his army, a faithful servant, his, killed and marry her. And when God testifies of David, he does not call him an adulterer and he does not call him a murderer. He calls him a man after my own heart. Not making excuses for people messing up. All I'm saying is the Lord did not allow him to be identified with his mistakes. Instead, his nature is what God called him, a man after my own heart. And it would be that same David that would, make, that would, that would put a temple up on the top of Mount Zion. He was the only one that even cared about bringing the Ark of the Covenant back because Saul surely didn't care about bringing the Ark back, the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of the Lord. For Saul's whole reign, the, the Ark of the Covenant wasn't in Zion. It wasn't in Jerusalem. But David made it a point, I'm going to get the Ark back. It, you can have the stuff. You can have the gold. Give me the presence. That's what he said. Yeah, I want the, pres the presence of the Lord to be brought back into the house. The Lord knew before he ordained and anointed David, he'll watch after my sheep, and he cares more about my presence than my presence. I'm looking for a man, a woman, a company of people who are after my own heart. Men look on outward appearance, but I'm looking for a worshiping people whom I will anoint as king priests in the earth. David was minding his own business. I just want to read through my notes and work through this. won't be here much longer. Or maybe we will, Tammy. She's here somewhere, I'm sure. David was minding his own business and had no thoughts of becoming king. And his seven brothers would not do. It was the eighth son who had to reign. The number eight in the Bible speaks of new beginning. And you're walking in a day of new beginning. 
What was is completed, and now you, something has been birthed. I'm telling you, so help me. Something has been birthed just here in the last several months. I feel it. I've seen it. I've declared it. God's already beginning to move. Some of you have sensed it in the Spirit already that He's beginning to move. There's a stirring. There's a birthing. There, what it is is you're starting to feel the hot, holy oil being poured on your head. You know, David always knew there, there, he, there's always something special about him, but, but, but what happens is the anointing on your head always attracts the crown of glory. When it's married with maturity. Because David was anointed king at 13, 14, or 15, but he did not become a crown king until 30. And 30 in the scripture speaks of full maturity. God's looking for, and the earth has been longing for, a new thing. A new type of leadership. God knows the ones that are in leadership now are not getting the job done. Don't go political and mad on me. All right, but if your hope is in any president, this one or the one that was before, the one before, you're you of all men most miserable. My hope is in the Lord. I don't care. I thank God and I vote and I do my duty. But what I care about is not who's in the White House, but who is in the heart of the, the house of my heart, who sits on the throne of heaven, who cannot be moved. The Bible says that heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So no matter who sits in that house, I know who rules and reigns on high. Stop waiting on politicians to change things for you. Get up and make a difference yourself. You're chosen for greatness. Every real prophet, every time a real prophet speaks, some things are birthed and some things die a much needed death. Because every real prophet has a birth certificate in one hand and a death certificate in the other. Listen to me. I'm here to declare to you, the Lord's people, that you are chosen for greatness. With the words of my mouth, I break off of you and kill any feeling of self-loathing, self-worthlessness, or inferiority. With my right hand, right now, I break off of you. I give a death certificate to a feeling of inferiority. It's written in the king's blood, and it's sealed with his signet ring. I give a death certificate to feelings of self-worthlessness. I give a death certificate to feelings of, 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 of I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'll never be enough, I'll never be. I give a death certificate to that and right now with the words of my mouth and my left hand, I give a birth certificate to new ideas and new dreams and new hope and new aspiration. I give a birth certificate to possibility. You are pregnant with possibility. I sign it right now with my own hand. And, I, and with the ring that the Lord has given me, I sign it and I stamp it. I declare your best days are ahead because you're chosen for greatness. I don't care if you're one or 101. I don't care if you're two pounds or 500 pounds. I don't care if you're black, white, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, or purple. We're all chosen for greatness. And the Lord wants you this day to receive a death certificate to everything that says no and a birth certificate for the spirit of life in Christ Jesus which says, yes, I can. Yes, I can and yes, I will. This is not necessarily a hermeneutical masterpiece, but I can guarantee you it's from the mouth of God. I heard you, you didn't know that I heard you, but I heard you say, I'm not too far from being behind the pulpit, podium. Huh? I'm going on the Lord's clock, and you're a lot closer than you think you are. 
Wait till he stands up and declares the word. There's no, the Holy Spirit in me is not greater than the Holy Spirit in him. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. Maybe. You were born for this. You're chosen for greatness before. Enough of being hidden. I stand before you today and prophetically declare you were chosen for greatness before you were born. You will now begin to awaken to the reality that you were chosen before you were born. God is about to do something so awesome in the earth that he is the only one with enough faith to believe for it. Oh, I think I will. God is about to do something so awesome in the earth that he is the only one with faith enough to believe for it. Moreover, God is the only one who can empower his people to walk into what only he can believe for. And you are right in the middle of his plan. John 4, remember, but an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is looking for a people who will carry his life-giving breath. That's the word, breath. What the Lord is looking for is a people that, has that have received of his breath that will give back to him that same breath. When he breathes into your nostrils the breath of life, when he did it with Adam, Adam became a living soul. But the Bible says that the last Adam is a quickening spirit. Quickening means to make alive. He's a spirit that makes you alive. And when you receive that breath from that Holy Spirit, from that living spirit, you have in you the creative juices, the creative power to bring life to any dead thing you walk into. Well, what about my, my dead relationship? Begin to declare over, begin to speak it. The power is within you. We're done with the days of, and I'm for, I'm for laying, laying hands on people because James says, if there be any sick among you, among you, let them call for the elders of the church. They'll anoint their head with oil, and if, they, if they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven them. That's what the Bible says. But you know what I'm, what I'm more, more for? I'm for that. That was for the early church, and I believe that's for now. But you know what I'm more for? I'm more for sons and daughters realizing, wait a minute, I've got the same Holy Spirit. The Bible says the same Spirit that raised the dead, cold body of Jesus lives with inside of me, then he will make alive even my mortal body. You have a covenantal right to live in divine health. You're chosen. You have, that is your covenant right. The covenant that became legal when Jesus' blood was shed for you. Did you know salvation is not just about saving you from hell? My God, I mean, that's good in and of itself. That's great. But that's, that's, what we've, that's what we've majored on. But there's so much more to your salvation than just not going to, you know, uh, uh, whatever you think hell is one day. A part of your salvation is your body being healed. And the, it's easier to say, it's easier for a preacher to stand behind and say, your sins are forgiven, than to look out at a lame person say arise and walk but both are a part of the equation when it comes to salvation <laughs> and Jesus said so that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins then he calls the man to arise and walk a part of your salvation is arise and walk God is looking for a people who will carry his life-giving breath whose worship causes dead things to live again 
He will release power and authority to this worshiping community. And no king, no enemy will be able to stand before you because you are called to reign in life. I'm declaring over you prophetically. It needs to be said. Just because I'm not spitting and screaming now does not mean that it's any less powerful. This is from the Word of God. Come on up, Becky. You got something? That's fine. My son, the littlest one, his name is Abel. And his name means breath. And so what God was revealing to me is when he's talking about God gives us that that breath, that, that life giving, that ability. When, he, when we receive that breath, that makes us able. Able to do, able to see, able to, to take whatever God's telling us to. He's making us, when we receive that breath, that makes us able. Remember the Bible. This is this is actually this is the way church is supposed to be. <laughs> let the first hold his feast. Let the second. That was good, Becky. You're chosen for greatness. Yes, you. God's looking for a people. He releases power and authority to a worship community, and no king and no enemy will be able to stand before you. You are called to reign in life. Enough with pettiness. Enough with gossip. I know I'm not talking the truth, Ryan. There's been so much gossip about True Vine. It's utterly ridiculous. But let him talk. It's fine. God knows the truth. He sorts all things out in his time. Your worship has pierced through heaven and the king has heard. He has sent his prophet to anoint your head with oil, with truth. So renew your mind to think like Christ and not like Adam. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. From the, I like the Passion Translation here. I like all the translations. I read this one this morning and loved it. This is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or even heard before. Things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things that God has in store for all his lovers. Right? Things, it, I told you, God wants to do something so awesome that the only one with enough faith to believe for it is him. Ex the Bible, the King James says, exceedingly, abundantly above. Not more, above, from a different realm from a different dimension, all that you could ask or think, according to the power that's at work in you. We like to say he's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, and we stop there, but that's, that's out of context. The context is that's going to happen according to the power that's, that comes from the preacher's hand when he puts his hand on you. No. According to when we gather together and worship. No. According to the power in you. The key is the indwelling spirit of God. Above all you can ask or think. You are chosen for greatness. Yes, you, right where you are. No matter where you are or who you are. He has seen you and he has preserved you for a time such as this. William, come play the keyboard for me. Double his salary this week. William doesn't get You're chosen for greatness. Not yet. He's close. Right where you are, no matter where you are, He has seen you and preserved you for such a time as this. Believe it or not, we are living in the greatest time in the history of this earth. 
right now. All things have compounded waiting for this moment. A moment when sons and daughters of God would take their rightful place as kings and priests in the earth. We will rule with the heart of a servant and serve with the heart of a king. Chosen for greatness. Chosen in him before the world was. Well, Josh, I can just tell you, I've, these last 37 years, these last 41 years, these last 50 years, these last two years, this last six months, been to hell and back. It doesn't matter where you've been. It matters where you're going. God can take where you've been and cause your test to become a testimony. doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter. Well, you, if you knew what people said about me, the only thing that matters is what God says about you. Let them talk. It's okay. People talk. That's what they do. Let them, let them make up. You wouldn't believe the stuff they've made up on this church. You wouldn't believe the stuff they made up over me. You wouldn't believe the stuff they made up over my father. And that, it's not going to sway me. It's not going to change me because I know the truth. And the truth is I, put in this earth, I was put in this earth for this purpose, for this time. And I refuse to live below the standard that God has set for me. And that is to empower sons and daughters to stand up, to realize that it is their rightful place to be kings and priests in the earth and to bring change and to challenge, and to challenge the principalities and powers that be everywhere they go. You don't even have to be able to spell principalities. You have the power over them. Because when I said principalities, it's like A.W. that went... I know it starts Rachel would be like chosen for greatness preserved for this moment wherever you are is where God's got you and if you need to be moved and you know it then just move God's got you specifically here in this time in this place in this season and if for no other reason you're here today for somebody to look at you and say you're important to God and you matter to the kingdom of God and you don't have to change your who you, what your surroundings are your surroundings can change by virtue of the fact that you are there Jesus even said I, I'm not praying that you take them from the world remember that when he's talking about in John chapter 17 the real Lord's prayer I pray not that you take them from the world but that you keep them from the evil world. I pray the same thing I don't want you taken out of the world I don't want you taken out of your sphere of influence how in the world would the kingdoms of this Lord become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ if we preserve ourselves and reserve ourselves and separate ourselves from the places where we're called to have influence stay there if you're an auto mechanic if you're if you're if you cut hair if you're in a motorcycle whatever you are whatever God's called you to be the reason that they're changed be the glory of God in your sphere of influence you don't even have, you don't even have to dress that way you don't, there is no way to dress God looks on the heart he's about a heart but I mean look, do I look like a preacher no I look better than any preacher I've ever seen <laughs> Elizabeth said it I heard her say it I just repeated it I'm I'm totally messing except I'm kind of not I tried the suit thing and it did not work for me I don't look bad in them but it's just it's too much it's too much to do besides that most of the people I talk to don't know how to relate and I think this guy can pull it off come over here let, let him see you just give see he needs to wear a suit because look at him but if I wore that I'd look ridiculous you're called to be a bishop dude I'm just a pastor <laughs> you look good 
doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what they've said about you. It doesn't matter what mistakes you actually may have made. What matters is that the most important thing about any of you, the most powerful thing about any of us, is that you were woke, that you woke up this morning. And if you're still here, God has a purpose for you. If you're still here, God has a plan for you. You haven't missed your opportunity. You haven't missed your moment in time. And you have not missed your purpose. And if you think you have, God can even redeem the time. Time exists in Him. He does not exist inside time. All things, including time, were made by Him and for Him. And without Him was not anything that made that was made. In Him is life. And that good God Almighty. That life is a light of chosen for greatness. Cam, chosen for greatness. You were a thought in, in the mind of God before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye. God thought you up and said, I know that in 2019 in Statesville, I'm going to need a, a big, black, beautiful, bass playing, what else you do? Weight lifting, tatted up, Got a beautiful wife and four or five beautiful kids. She, teacher, influencer. I said four or five. I just wanted to leave the door open. He chose you and preserved you for this moment right now. And, and your most powerful days are just ahead of you. He knew. He was, you're chosen for greatness. Gabriel, you're chosen for greatness, brother. I knew the first time that I saw you there's something different about this cat. I like the way you talk for one. It was funny. I couldn't figure you out. You ever, if you haven't heard, follow, follow G. I'll give you his, his handle on Instagram. He's the funniest person in the history of the world. I don't know where you come up with half the stuff you come up with, but I love it, man. I really do. And you're chosen for greatness. And sitting in your lap right there is a reason that you need to step into who God called you to be. I know you are. This is not a judgment thing. I'm not condemning. I'm telling you, you're very important in God's eyes. And you got another one. Here's some of that little baby that God gave you and your beautiful wife. For, for no other reason. You know that you're chosen for greatness to make sure that they walk into their greatness. You're a good man. All of you chosen for greatness. I want to pray with you here in these last few remaining moments. Some of you threw up your hands and tears started to stream down your face when I said I give a death certificate to the spirit of inferiority. If you're one of those people if you feel like you want to, I'd invite you to come on up here to the front. That might be embarrassing, and if you don't come, you're not less important. But if you want to, I'd like to pray with you. I want to make sure that you never feel again that you're less than a daughter or a son of God. I watched the tears stream down your face when I said I give a death certificate to anyone with the spirit of inferiority. You are not inferior. You were created to be above, not beneath. The head, not the tail. You haven't missed God's best for you. You're about to walk into God's best for you. God. Something about God, He always births the most incredible things out of the most dire circumstances. That's just what He does, Renee. That's the way that He is. He's just that good. I know there are more. Come on, make your way up here. 
make your way up here. You might not have cried, but you know I was speaking to you when I said this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna make sure that you walk out with a death certificate to the spirit of inferiority, and you walk as sons and daughters of God Himself, because that's who you are. That's what you're called to be. Carriers of the glory of God. Can you imagine? Think about this. The cold, dead, lifeless body of Jesus laying on a stone slab. And the glory of God illuminates that thing. And he takes his first breath as the firstborn of the new creation. And you carry in you the very same glory that raised that body from the dead. How can anything stand before you? Including the lie that you're less than. Remember in the garden, here's what, here's what the serpent told Eve. It's the same thing. I don't think it's incredibly ironic that there are only women up here. Not that men shouldn't hear this. But here's what the serpent tells Eve. He says, has God told you not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? She said, he said, we can't touch it or eat of it. And he said, the truth is God knows that in the day that you eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God. The lie was... You had to do something to be like God. The truth was, she was already like God. Your coming up here is actually not even going to make you more like God. My job is to take the blinders off, to put the mirror of the Word of God in front of you and say, See, you're a daughter of the King. You're a bearer of the glory. You're a new creation. You're not inferior. You're not less than. You're a glory bearer. And you didn't have to do anything to get it. And there's not a thing you can do to lose it. It is a reality whether you believe it or don't believe it. But believe it helps you know that it's a reality. And when you know that it's a reality, then you walk in it. I'm a daughter of the king. I have his ring on my hand. I have his last name. I can sign the father's checks. God, don't make me run. Father, find me some oil. I heard somebody just say, man, this is weird. Well, fasten your safety belts. It gets a lot weirder, depending on your perspective. You brought me essential oils? My God. They're going to get healed and healed. <laughs> you know, I'm just... My sinuses are open now. Oh, that stuff works. Do we need the Spirit when we got essential oils? In the name of Jesus, I break off of you the spirit of inferiority. I break off of you the spirit of inferiority right now. And I say from this day forward, you will begin to see yourself as your Father sees you. You are called by His name and called for His purpose. You will no longer feel inferior or less than. You will not wonder, can I do this? Is it possible? But you will walk in the impossible until impossible becomes natural to you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I break off of her the spirit of infirmity, the spirit of infirmity that so attacked her and made her believe that she's inferior. In the name of Jesus right now, I declare she's a new creation and that she walks and knows her place and sees her identity as a daughter of God so important that there's not one person in the kingdom more important than her. Thank you for Renee, Lord. I give a death certificate to the spirit of inferiority. To this complex that says, I'm never going to break through. I'm never going to get a break. 
I know it's there, but I've never quite reached it. I break that thing and give it a death certificate right now in the name of Jesus. And I anoint her afresh and anew. I anoint her eyes to see and her mind to perceive that she's a daughter of the King in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I anoint Barbie right now to understand that she's been kept for this purpose, Lord. You even said you're going to reward her faithfulness. You're going to do everything according to your faithfulness, but you're going to pour extra on her for her faithfulness, Lord. She has been preserved for such a time as this. She was chosen for greatness, and she's going to see it and believe it, and not only that, she's going to walk in it, and she's going to stop withholding and stop holding back, and she's going to step into who she always has been. In Jesus' name. Father, I give a death certificate to this lady who may have ever dealt with the spirit of inferiority. Any, the, the, the spirit that says you have to do something to be someone. And Lord, I pray and declare right now, I give a, I give a birth certificate, Lord, to new dreams and new hopes and new ambitions and new ideas and new vision and new, and new perspective right now that she can see herself as she truly is, as a daughter of the King in Jesus' name. God Almighty. While he's talking, listen, there's some in here that if that need that moment, that need that day, that need that time where you say, right now, I'm going to give everything that I am to the King. I'm going to give everything that I'm called to be for the calling to which I'm called. I would like to have the Lord to come in and be the Lord of my life and not just the Savior of my life. I heard your voice when you said in the Spirit, if that's you, come on up to the front. We're going to pray. You'll be a new creature in the kingdom right now. Come on. That's powerful, Christian. Who is it? Who is it that knows that Jesus is Savior but hasn't, hasn't surrendered as Lord? Come on up to the front. Don't care about embarrassing. You shouldn't worry about this anyways. People talk if you sit. People talk if you move. People talk. But there's someone in here that says, I need this. I need this. I need this. Who is it? You can come up here and sit right beside me. I will make a show of it. Your oil stuff smells good. He lifts me up. Is that the name of this? This is, this is, oh, this is Jackie's. Wow. Her creation. He lifts me up. I believe that's exactly what he's been doing. Chosen for greatness. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Indeed, a peculiar people. Who else? I don't want to prolong it. I don't want to keep it open longer than it, but I don't want to close down when I feel like there's still a heart that's waiting. Father, I declare peace over your body. Newness of mind. A refreshing's coming. And indeed, a, a refreshing's here. I declare that your sons and daughters begin to see themselves as you see them. I give a death certificate to every opposing force of the enemy, every contrary wind. 
and I give a birth certificate to new dreams, new hopes, new aspirations, visions, new business ideas. Right now, Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit, which has caused us to be chosen for greatness. I thank you that we were in your mind before we knew it, before there was ever time, before there was ever creation. We already existed in your heart and mind. And I thank you that we are a word out of your mouth. We are, just as Jesus was the word made flesh, we're the word made flesh. We're words out of your mouth and we will not return unto you void, but we will accomplish the thing whereunto you have sent us. Let your people know you as Father. Let your people know you as Daddy. Let your people know they're fully accepted in the Beloved. Thank you. Thank you for being my Father. All right. Amen.